Hello once again everybody, I'm Matty Ice and welcome to another episode of Soulfully Casual. It is a absolutely gorgeous fall day here in Virginia. We are now in the middle of October, somehow, and I'm just really enjoying it. I'm taking the time, my wife and son are out with a friend, and I'm taking the time to put some content together for you. And it feels really good. feels more normal, if you will. And we're going to touch on that subject quite a bit today. Uh, just want to remind you on the outset, first of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and keeping with me. I, like I said last time, it was a bit of a long pause and a hiatus on this show for me, as life just sort of stepped in the way. But I'm back now. I'm enjoying the recording, and it's really nice to bring my words to your ears. Like I said last show as well, like I I plug every show, this show has an email address. It is soulfully.casual at gmail.com, and soulfullycasual is also the Instagram feed. Uh, You can hear my voice on some other platforms as well, which would include the uh, show Political Football, which is hosted by my friend Cleveland and his friend Dave. Cleveland and I also host a show together called The Deep with Matty Ice and Master Cleve. You can find that on many platforms as well. And Cleveland, as always, does his own show, The Manual. He is back giving you the straight talk, and you should check that out as well. You can find all of those on your major podcast uh, networks and many other places. So I talked about how I was feeling normal with all this recording. Normal normalcy. I would actually say that that word, those concepts, the concept of normality, is probably the concept of the year. I'm sure anybody listening is going to argue that things like pandemic and testing, tracing, all of that stuff, COVID, those are all really the buzzwords of the year. I would actually disagree. If you think about what life was like in February, let's call the Super Bowl the time period that we're talking about, the sort of line of demarcation, if you will. We all watched the Super Bowl, millions and millions and millions of people watched it, and that's what it is every year. It's the Super Bowl. No matter who's playing, no matter whether you have a stake in the game or not, you watch it. You gather. You're with other people for the most part. Super Bowl parties are, you know, sort of a a big thing. That's why we've always wanted the Super Bowl to be on Saturday, so we can get up on Sunday and not have to go to work after being up late watching the Super Bowl. But think about now. What is normalcy now? 2020 has thrown that idea completely on its head, to the point where I'm not even sure what the definition is of it anymore. When this pandemic hit, and not just when it hit, not when we heard about the first case or that there were growing cases in the United States, but when the country took action and shut down, when states started to having to do that, consider that really the start of things. And what were we all looking for at the beginning? I would venture that most of us didn't really know what the future was holding. We were waiting on bated breath for someone to tell us when we would go back to the way things used to be. And we waited, and we waited, and waited, We wanted answers. We wanted answers as to really when we would go back to where we started. When would our lives feel like they did on Super Bowl Sunday? When would we be able to see other people the way we used to? When would we not be afraid? When would we have answers as to what is going on with this virus and what are we supposed to do in the meantime? That's really what we spent, I would say, the first few months doing. And for me in that time period, I had a baby or my wife had the baby. We had, you know, our first child and we were focused on that. But then imagine putting on top of it all the uncertainty around a pandemic. Like, what are we supposed to do? We were hoping to be those parents that took our kid everywhere and we can't take him anywhere. So now we're stuck in the house with really no answer. We're looking again to our leaders to give us those. So fast forward to now. It's mid-October. We're two months out from the holidays, Christmas at least, but the holiday season is, is really upon us. And again, that's a time where, quote, normally we are used to seeing people. We're used to gathering. It's a good feeling, right? Those holidays are when you know you're going to eat yourself to a coma, which is what we all should be doing, by the way. If you're trying to sort of diet during the holidays, I feel for you because there is so much good food and so much good food that I want to binge on. Like, I, 
To tangent a little bit, when I did Weight Watchers and lost all of my weight, they used to tell us all of these tips and tricks to not overeat at Thanksgiving. And excuse my language, but I used to say, well, F that, because I want to eat it all. I think it's healthy to eat it all. Think about it. You only have it once a year. And when they said, well, you should make it not special by having it in July. Again, F that. I want my turkey and stuffing and potatoes. Damn it. That's what I like. I like apple pie. Give it to me. But we're used to doing that with other people. It feels less indulgent when other people are unbuckling their top button, right? Because you're like, oh, we're all in the same boat. We all love to do this too. And we're getting to that place, but it's not gonna feel nearly the same way as it did on Super Bowl Sunday. Because even today, we don't really have any answers. We're waiting, waiting for normalcy to come back. What is normal? Has that concept changed today? And I would think that it has. For the most part, I would say what we considered normal or going back to where we were is really just sort of pretending like this didn't exist and not thinking about what normal was to us, right? Because I think everybody's life is different. Everybody's concept of what is normal is different. It's all relative. For people that don't have a lot of money, the underprivileged portion of this country, normalcy is scraping every day, scrapping, looking for help, looking to get over that next step. That's what normal is to them. For the super rich, normal is wanting for nothing, worrying about nothing, I would say. I mean, I, I'm not wealthy in the least, I wish, but I'm not. But if you had disposable income to that level to where you could buy a boat just because, right? Not a yacht, but a yacht, just because or you could build a stadium with your own money for a sports team. There has to be like nothing to worry about, or at least the worries that maybe come up feel so much less significant because you have resources to handle them, or you feel like you're better equipped to handle them because you don't really have to worry about where the funding is gonna come from. So in the context of you, the listener, the individual who's listening, what is the normal you want to go back to? Do you just want to pretend the last eight months didn't happen and go back to what you had? Or have you thought about what normal was before the pandemic started? I definitely have. You know, I think I've talked about that multiple times, how when we slowed down or we were forced to slow down, it was like, wow, what were we doing before? And my wife and I both had the same feeling. All we did was rush to the next thing because we were in pursuit of relaxation. We were in pursuit of not having to go anywhere or rush to do something. And by doing so, we constantly rushed to do things so that we didn't have to rush to do things. But that resulted in not really quality relaxation because again, the thought was, well, what's the next thing that we have to do? Even though we're relaxing in the now, it always felt like we weren't doing something we were supposed to. It always felt like the to-do list never got shaved off. It kept growing and growing and growing. And so when we have a child, we're forced to stay in our home, it really got us thinking, well, what were we doing before? And we were rushing. We were trying to be present. We were trying to do things. We always could never get over the hump sometimes when it came to house projects because it was on top of an already heaping to-do list. So what did we do? We looked at what we were doing before, this to-do list that we always had, and we thought, is there anything that doesn't need to be on here anymore? Is there something that doesn't need to be a part of our normalcy? And we really figured out that yes, there is. I think our perspectives on our careers changed, our perspectives on what we wanted out of life changed. And ultimately, I think that that's a good thing, at least for us, because I'm not saying that everybody should completely turn their life upside down. But for us specifically, we are looking for ways to do that. We're looking for ways to adapt because our concept of normalcy across the board is in need of adaptation. I think even when this pandemic is over, it's not going to feel the way that it used to for a lot of people. It's not going to feel that way for me because I'm hopefully going to have made some changes in my life and in my family life that is going to end up being a little bit better for me. And I think about what other people think to themselves about normalcy. 
You, the listener, what was it? Are you a parent? Are your kids old enough to go to school? And think about where we are in that. Most of the parents out there that are working, both parents are working, that's the situation that we are in, your lives are extremely more difficult than they ever have been because you now have to be not only what your careers are, but you have to be educators. And I wonder how many parents, and it's okay if you're admitting this to yourself right now, took for granted what teachers and administrators do to educate your children. And not just educate your children, like I think that's the part of it that we all understand. That's the part of it that is the the tangible benefit because we want our children to be educated. Education is important. It's not necessarily important to certain government officials, but it is important regardless of whether there's a political agenda to further it or not. But I think what ends up getting baked into education that I think many parents take for granted, and I think they continued to take it for granted when we were deciding what to do with the school year. And I think that was the fact that when you send your children to school, you don't have to worry about their well-being for the time that they're in school. Your teachers, your administrators do. And that's a part of education that I think is really, really key. Not only are we educating, but we're taking care of your kids too. We are finding a safe place for them to come while you are off doing you know, what you do in your life, whether you're a stay-at-home parent or you're a working parent. It's something that I think we've never really thought of until now because the argument on teachers' behalfs have been, we're not free daycare. We are, we're educators. We're also human beings too. So are you a parent that took that for granted? That's okay if you are. Um, how about friendships and relationships? We've heard so many stories about relationships folding because of COVID-19, because of being stuck. In some cases, we're seeing way too much of people. I am sure that my wife has had conversations about how she's sick of seeing my face or sick of seeing me do something because, hey, we're spending a lot more time together than we ever have. But we were the couple that spent a lot of time together to begin with. We enjoyed it. We had a lot of things in common. So spending more time on top of that wasn't as exponentially different or difficult for us because it was something I think we were used to already. And again, we came home with a baby and we have to figure this thing out together because anybody who's had a kid, it's alarmingly surprising how little they tell you. They're like, okay, you're ready to go home. And it's basically a, all right, well, good luck. They don't really give you a whole lot to go on. You kind of have to figure it out on your own. And again, this is a tangent, but I just remember my son is born. They're taking vitals. They're doing all these things. My wife is getting fixed, all that kind of stuff. She, they're making sure she's okay. And then all of a sudden, after a couple of hours of hoopla, she finally gets to eat, uh, drops crumbs on my son's head, which was hysterical. And I'm sitting there holding this swaddled baby. And they take us to our room, the recovery room. And they leave and the door shuts. And then we both look at each other and think, well, what now? So we had to figure some things out on our own together. And I think that helped. But there are a lot of relationships either that were on the brink to begin with, or maybe they hadn't really come to a place of conflict yet. And what happened there? Have you thought about those things? Have you thought about why relationships broke down or why relationships have thrived? Have you put those into place for other relationships? Are you going to for the future? I think those are important. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is not seeing enough of people that you're used to seeing or not being able to see people when you want to. Because I think we take that for granted too, just being able to pop in or text somebody and say, hey, what are you doing? And then you get to see them. And that's a nice thing, by the way. That's a part of normalcy I hope we can go back to. But then there's friends that we have or family that we have who we, we're not used to seeing. They live somewhere else. And we have a limited connection with them for the most part because of the fact that we don't see them. We may talk to them, but we don't see them. And now we can't go see them. And there's something strange that happened for me where it's like, there's friends, you know, my best friend lives in Georgia and I don't really get to see him that often, if I'm being honest, you know, maybe once a year, but we are the kind of friends that that really doesn't matter. That lack of communication or separation in a physical sense from seeing each other doesn't really matter. 
We're that good of friends and when we see each other, it's like nothing ever happened. But did you find yourself thinking about those things differently? Were you worried about people? Were you worried about how they were getting through this? Because I'm sure it's easy to just internalize everything and think about how this pandemic, how the situation, the lack of normalcy or the change in normalcy is affecting you. You can see it tangibly throughout your day, throughout your weeks, you know. But I think even with social media, we don't really know how people are getting through this. If they're sharing it, okay, then you kind of know. But again, on social media, and I've talked about this before, that people share what they want to share. And usually it's good stuff. Yeah, we're doing great. But those everyday microtransactions with people, we don't get to see those. And I found myself thinking that way too. When I would see a post on social media for somebody, I would think to myself, is this really how they're feeling? Is this really what's going on? Because I hope so. And you had a limited way of knowing, right? Like, are you really going to text a friend of yours and say, hey, is your marriage still holding up with all this going on? I mean, that's not really a question you should be asking, right? That's something that somebody should volunteer to you. So you really can't ask the tough questions as it comes with that. Like, hey, have you lost any friends due to COVID? What, 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 right? And I also wondered to myself too, like how many people have known somebody who's died of COVID or somebody who has suffered through it or somebody who knows somebody who has? Right, right now, I only know of one and that's, that's Cleveland. I don't really know anybody else who has had somebody die on COVID's watch. So I don't really know how that feels. I've known family members who have gotten it and you know they've come through just fine, but there's been nothing that I know of that's close to death. But do my friends feel that way? Are my friends experiencing that the same way? And those are the parts of normalcy when it comes to like friendships or long distance relationships that I think we didn't think about until then, or at least I didn't. You kind of took for granted that people's interactions with others were on the up and up, that they were in a good place and they would tell you when they're not. But add on top of it all that where now they're not seeing other people the same way that you aren't. And I thought about that. And really, my point is to not make you question whether you've thought about these things or whether you're a good person because you've thought about these things. I think it really comes to the future. What is normalcy going to be when this pandemic dies down, truly? I know that our president has said we're rounding a corner, but we've been rounding a corner for like eight months, it seems. But truly, what is normalcy going to look like for you? Is there going to be an adaptation to that? And I think it's fair. If you are somebody who says, I don't want to adapt, I loved the way normal was, even though I've recognized some things that could be better if I adapted, I just wanna forget that the last however so months happen ever. I just wanna wipe the slate clean and go back to what it felt like on Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, do it. If that's what keeps you emotionally stable, if that's what keeps you emotionally happy, I think that's a good thing, go for it. But for those of you that want to make changes, will you? Will your idea of normal change? Are you trying to change it now? I know, again, we are, I am. I'm trying to be more present. I'm trying to prioritize things in my life that are important. But on a larger scale for humankind, specifically in this country, are we missing an opportunity for growth? Look at what the country's sort of paradigm was when it came to work. I think a lot of other countries look at the United States and think that we work way too much. We prioritize careerism, both men and women, and I think we prioritize that in, in a lot of ways. It takes away from other things that are maybe more fruitful than just that extra dollar or that extra thousand dollars. I know that as somebody who you know makes good money, I'm very fortunate, but would I make less money to trade in for some of the more conveniences of life in terms of more time at home, more stability when it comes to the home, my relationships? Yes, I would. That's some growth that I've been doing. Are you growing? Are we at a place where we should rethink the whole paradigm of work? Because I would venture that outside of the jobs that have been considered essential, where people have to go to work, 
And I also find it interesting that these jobs that we are expecting people to go to are mostly people that are working jobs that are not paying them as much as maybe they should. So they need this money, they need this opportunity. Well, I get to sit at home and order through DoorDash and those people put themselves at risk by being around other people often to make sure that that happens. There's a level of fortunate circumstances for me that I'm definitely aware of. And I try to remember that whenever somebody comes to my door, that these people are making the best of a terrible situation, but they're putting their lives on the line for what they need because they need something more than I do. I'm fortunate that my work allows me to work from home without a hiccup. That's something that not a lot of people have. I'm so fortunate in that regard. I'll never take that for granted. But overall, are there ways in which we can adapt? Is there really a need for office presence as often as we have it? Is there need for people to never take vacations? Is there need for people to take time away from their families on holidays because the work must go on? Amazon right now practically runs the country, and I've heard that working for them is not that great. I don't know, but I've heard it. And is it worth it for some of these people that work there to constantly be on the clock, never really present mentally with the people that are around them because they need to keep working. They need to keep working on that next assignment to make that next dollar. And I wonder if the country as a whole has an opportunity to look at that and reassess that and maybe take on the approach of some countries who look at maybe we work less and relax a little bit more, truly relax a little bit more so that overall we can be in a better place. And who knows, right? Like maybe we think about the paradigm of work in this country. And instead of taking it and saying, you know what? We're going to shave people's work weeks from 40 to 30 hours a week. But instead, we're now going to take that time as a country to focus on things that matter, that make a difference. Social injustice, things like that. Human equality. Perhaps those are things that we need to look at. Perhaps we take the time away from our work and careerism to, as a people, focus on each other and really fixing things. Because there's such a wealth gap in this country, it's not really fair for every single person to get on the same level. It's not easy to do that when you have no ability to create wealth, when you're constantly struggling because there are so many barriers in front of you, not all of them self-inflicted, that prevent you from getting to that place where you can create wealth and have a standing in the community in some fashion. Those are things that we could fix as a whole. You know, I think too about Star Trek. I remember it hit me. It was one of the movies, you know, I think they went like back in time or something. And they were trying to explain how the the people on uh, the Enterprise, I think this was Next Generation, why their lives were the way that they were. And I think it was Picard who said, like, we don't prioritize money anymore. We just prioritize each other. And that's why there is, you know, no such thing as like making money. Like everybody just sort of looks out for themselves. And I'm sure there are people who would listen to that and say, well, that sounds a lot like socialism. But I, I really don't think of it that way. I think we are so focused on each other. And I mean, individually like we are focused on ourselves to the point that we just need to make sure that we can make that next dollar so that we can make that next payment and are we at a place where we can rethink that can we reshift all of these different financial paradigms to help people do rents have to be that high can we somehow reconfigure government spending to make it happen and i realize that that's not going to happen I realize that that's a lofty goal that would involve so many layered discussions and so many layered things to happen. So I totally get it. I just ask the question, is there a place for growth for us here in the United States? And are we going to take it? Could that be part of the new normal? Because I don't think the new normal is going to be what it once was. I think we all in some way are going to have a change in our life that's going to the repercussions of that are going to be felt long after there's a vaccine and people feel more normal, like they can go out places. 
I truly believe that. I know that it's gonna be that way for me. And I think that if we as a country, we as a people have a chance for a smidgen of growth, I think we should take it. And in your own life, if you're listening and thinking about yourself, take that opportunity too. It's important. It's a little step like I talked about last episode. Celebrate those little things of growth because in the end, when we get to the end of our life, it's really all those little things added up into one. And do we feel satisfied with all the aggregate little things, little celebrations, little steps that we took? I hope to feel that way. Thank you again for listening. Um, This has been sort of cathartic for me to get back to it. It's been really great. I really appreciate people tuning in, sticking with me. Um, I talked about the end. I might talk about that a little bit in a future episode because I have had some encounters recently with people who have thoughts on what happens when we are not living anymore, and we might discuss that. I also want to get back to some more fun topics. There's been a lot of things happening in the sneaker world, at least in my life, so I might dive into that and try to make it entertaining for you people who really aren't into sneakers at all. A reminder, the email, soulfully.casual at gmail.com, soulfullycasual on Instagram. Those are important. Check out the shows I mentioned earlier. Like I've been saying for a few weeks now, interact with me. Send me emails. You can even tell me I'm full of shit. That's okay. I want to hear all of it because I need to adapt as a host. The content needs to adapt. And while I try and keep up with as many current events as possible and relate that to topics that are in my mind, sometimes it's nice to be able to interact with somebody. I'm hoping again to have guests on. I have some feelers out for some people that are in my close circle that I might bring on to talk about various different things. So keep tuning in, keep sticking with me because I'm hoping, you know, keep doing things that are a little bit different. But thank you again for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will catch you down the road.